morning, everyone. Welcome to the hybrid edition of the Bodybuilding.com podcast. Nick Coleus, an editor for Bodybuilding.com, and here's science chick Chrissy Kendall over here as well. And we're caged in here with a wild animal, master of pain himself, Chris Gethin. Uh, if you are on our site on a regular basis, you may know that he recently released an eight-week hardcore training program, um, the, the latest of many, but that's far from all this guy is doing these days. Um, you're also training for an Ironman, and some of the people who are fans of yours might say, training for an Ironman, there's nothing hardcore about that. What about the gains, Chris? <laughs> it's hardcore. Yeah. It's hardcore. It's taken me by surprise, actually. I have got a lot of respect for that process. <laughs> It is tough. It's a wake-up call. It's like every injury that you kind of sealed and put away over the last 20 years uh, are all starting to come back and uh, letting themselves be known. Uh-huh. So what's on, the, uh, what's on the menu for today, for example? I've already uh, eaten uh, my, uh, my activity this morning. So I, I woke up and uh, hit about an hour and 15 in the gym. We did uh, shoulders, triceps, abs. And then got into the pool, which wasn't that long today, thank God. It was 1,100 meters, but a lot of technical drills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been watching the videos. It seems like there's a lot of a lot of drills that go on in particular for yeah mastering that freestyle stroke. Extremely frustrating, mm-hmm. yeah, because you think, I really want to work on my fitness, but apparently the swim is like 60% technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've really, really got that. Got to get that down. As soon as I turn on my sides, I had to do a lot of hand lead sidekicks today. Mm-hmm. I just sink like a rock. <laughs> so I need to uh, somehow figure that one out. All right. So let's back it up a little bit, though. Do you remember the moment that this uh, this goal came to you? The goal of, well, what is, what is the goal? Uh, the goal is to... Uh, at the very least, not lose any muscle. I want to try to gain muscle during this process. So I am filming something along the lines of like a, a hybrid of the muscle building trainer, various exercises that are definitely are reserved specifically for Ironman training. However, we'll uh, you know put on muscle at the same time, and uh, you know within six months complete an Ironman. Two, two years is the general consensus that you need to prepare for an Ironman for the average person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm far from average. I'm probably in a more of a deficit with the amount of muscle, the amount of oxygen I need, the amount of calories I need, trying to keep my body core temperature down. And so that's a process, you know. Uh, I figured, yeah, I'll suck at this. Let's go. Let's do it. It was just time to suck at something? Yeah. You know, I, I just want the challenge. I want to sidestep. And, you know, I believe that bodybuilders should be able to perform. They should be healthy. They should be able to function. So uh, someone's got to do it, I guess. Let's go for this. But why an Ironman? Why not just like a ultra marathon? Because a lot of people don't even know I get, what an Ironman is. Well, yeah. Well, Ironman, well, it's something that I thought, you know, that when I heard about the distances, because I didn't really know much about it, I thought, isn't that reserved for an automobile or something right, like exactly. that? A human does that in a day? Yeah. <laughs> in a day. So, yeah. So you have a 17 hour cutoff to get like a 2.4 mile swim done. And then uh, you have a 112 mile bike ride. Mm-hmm. And then you have a full marathon mm-hmm. at the end of that. And uh, I, I'm the kind of person that needs some sort of distraction. If I think too much, it makes me think too much. And if I do one sort of sport, I get a little bit bored. It's like I don't read one book. I have to read five or six books at the same time. And uh, I, 
for that reason, I couldn't do like a marathon by itself or prepare for a bike race by itself. This combination mixed with bodybuilding is perfect. I'm always thinking about something else and trying to improve at that discipline without getting injured because I'm sure if I just kept running every day for a huge, you know, for a, a huge amount of time mm -hmm. and at length, then I'd probably get injured or it's in, you know, the likelihood is increased. So I can kind of improve my strength in all of these disciplines. So now you've, uh, your com uh, supplement company, Caged Muscle, has sponsored an Ironman athlete, right? Matt Pritchard? Matthew Pritchard, yeah. yeah. Is, that, uh, is that how this came on your radar, this, this particular goal, or was this? Well, Matthew, he's a different kind <clears throat> of cat. So he was a star of a TV show called Dirty Sanchez, which mm -hmm. is much, much like, um, God, what's the TV? Jackass, Jackass right. but worse mm -hmm. in Wales. And uh, he he decided to do something for charity once where he was dressed in a full fireman's uniform and he was on a treadmill in a supermarket and he just kept going until he pretty much collapsed. Mm -hmm. So he had the mental tenacity to do it. And uh, so he just started doing Ironman and uh, he then continued to do other challenges like 30 half Ironman in 30 days. Then he did a triple brutal, which is three Ironmen pretty much continuous over three days. I think that's he, the video I watched, it's brutal. He's unbelievable. So uh, he uses my uh, the Cage Muscle Supplements and he, when I was there last time, he was showing me on his Strava, you know, since I've taken in cage and I'm increasing mm -hmm. my fluid, I, these are the times on the sprints, on the hills, and they, they had dramatically increased. And uh, I'd thought about it at that time. I've been pondering on this for about a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, just having friends, it's strange. There's friends that I used to just party with when I was younger in Wales. Mm -hmm. Two of them are now doing Ironman as well. And there's mm -hmm. like three of us in this group. It's like, wow, now I'm joining that group. Maybe it's something that, <laughs> something I don't know. Water. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that seed has just kind of grown from various areas. Mm -hmm. But I did have it in my head when I was pondering this a year ago. Okay, I don't mind losing all my muscle. I'll just go on a vegetarian diet. I've done it before. And it'll come back. That's fine. It'll help because mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about carrying its weight. I don't have to worry yeah, about my knees. Vest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But then I thought, well, but that's what other people do. I need to do something that's a little bit different. I want to try to do this. And, you know, I don't want to lose my following. And the majority mm -hmm. of my following are bodybuilders. And uh, I thought, well, let's see if I can open an opportunity to other bodybuilders because it's something that no one really thinks about. And I know some people that have done triathlon before and they've come over to bodybuilding and they go, oh, I can't go back to that now mm -hmm. because it's going to, you know, this muscle is going to be a hindrance. So I want to show that if done correctly and not doing the amount of hours that a triathlete typically does to get yeah. ready for a triathlon through various forms of intensity that us bodybuilders have uh, learned to adapt, you know, transferring that into an endurance realm so where I can kind of cross that bridge, I'm, I think I'm going to prove that it can mm. be done. So how much of your coaching is your coaching or that you're creating? Obviously, I would think that y your hypertrophy workouts or your bodybuilding workouts are based on what you yeah. know in your experience versus you have to have a coach for yeah. swimming and cycling. And so how, how do you mesh those together? And how did you find a coach that was willing to be okay with, okay, you can do this on your own. In six months. <laughs> well, right. I mean, and you know that the coach is okay with you doing some things on your own or having, you know, your own uh, idea of what you want to accomplish out of this. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. So um, 
I'd done a lot of research beforehand because I thought, well, I am going into the unknown here. And I'd spoken to a few people like uh, Dave Scott, you know, six times mm-hmm. Ironman right. world champion, had some great conversations with him. Um, but then I realized, you know, after reading a lot of the magazines and going on websites and listening to these people, I thought, well, I can't really do what those guys are kind of telling me. It just wouldn't make sense for my body. My body couldn't do that. It wouldn't do that. And the amount of food that I have to carry with me when I'm on a bike, for instance, is unbelievable. In a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I get light- lightheaded now. Mm-hmm. So if I go out on a bike ride for about an hour, I have a massive feed and think, that'll do me. Mm-hmm. But 45 minutes later, I'm getting hungry. And I think, nah, that can't be right. You know, 15 minutes after that, I'm getting lightheaded. Uh, there's various there's various things that I know that I have to do very much differently. I have to strengthen my core a lot. Running in that position for somebody with a you know a heavier upper body is just not used to this. Your core collapses, your diaphragm right. collapses, then you're not uh, you're not going to finish or you're going to struggle. You're not getting the oxygen in. So there's different ways. And then um, so I've done a lot of research and I happened to stumble across a guy called Ross Edgeley who's quite a muscular gentleman who had uh, done something called a triathlon, which he, for charity, he had like the weight of a 70, was a 70 pound branch or something mm-hmm. on his back and um, did like a half Ironman. And he's a built guy from the mm-hmm. UK and I'd been having some conversations with him and through a couple of conversations, uh, Alex Viada uh-huh. came up in conversation. Right, we both read his yeah, book hybrid as well. athlete. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I took one look at this guy and I thought, this guy's a freak. He does ultra marathons. He does Ironman. He does powerlifting. He does strongman. This guy's 230 pounds and he's pretty lean and he's proven that he can do this. So I contacted him had some real great in-depth conversations, realizing that health is definitely the priority mm-hmm. for both of us. And we really connected on that and, you know, how we try to live our, you know, within our environments a little bit differently to the general bodybuilder who, you know, looks at themselves as a vanity project, right. project over, you know, something that's uh, health-driven. And uh, then, you know, I told him what I wanted to do and asked him if he would come on and help. And he was delighted to. So that made it a little bit easier. So I put my entire trust in him because here's somebody I can relate to now. Maybe not so much from the injury front because I've had a lot of injuries over the year, mm. the years before I even got into bodybuilding. And like I said, they kind of surface themselves now. So I have to train accordingly based on what my brain and my body is telling me. But I have an outline from him, specifically in these uh, three disciplines that I'll generally follow. This week was a low volume week. Mm -hmm. That was mentally very difficult for me to kind of pull back. Mm -hmm. So it was good to have Alex there to say, you've got to trust this process and not push it too far. Now it's going to be easy for a week, you know, and that my wiring wasn't really, uh, hadn't figured Mm -hmm. anything like that out before. So in that respect, it really helps. But with the weight training, he's absolutely fine with me taking that over. He did have his team put together some suggestions. I was like, no, that doesn't work for Mm -hmm. me. I, I don't do five reps, you know. I, it's, or what, no. is there any uh, Bosu ball involved? That's the. Cl- I'm d- I'm putting all that in. Are I'm you? putting okay. a lot of uh, 
type different types of training in that I know my followers are going to really beat me up about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, you know, I, I have to work on my knee tracking, my ankle stability. I've torn the tendons in my ankles. I don't know how many times broken my ankles, very skinny ankles. So I'm doing a lot of heavy work, mm. heavy back work uh, on a BOSU ball. You know, I'm doing a lot of uh, aeromat work and... Uh, there's a lot of things that I have to think about now in order to allow bodybuilding to complement this process instead of take away from it. Mm. Yeah, it was interesting hearing you talk about finding that sweet spot of intensity versus being able to pull back too, because I've only watched the first couple of weeks of this so far. And I think it's in week one, I was looking at the program and it says things like, take your bike out for a stroll. This is an easy run. That's what and I then I watched the video and it says, and you're saying, this was supposed to be an easy day. It's not. This was supposed to be an easy day. It's not. So yeah, that's obviously, that's got to be a learning process for you, just bringing it back. But you are a, you are a, a twice a day or a once a day cardio guy, yeah. right? So did that, did that prepare you at all? Definitely, uh, because I, I love doing cardio a couple of times a day just for health purposes. I, I want to make sure that, you know, I, I am still mobile and I know if I have a better blood flow around my body, I tend to recover a lot easier and I can train a lot more often. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, weight training is therapy more than anything. Whenever I have to take a day off, I think, okay, I'll probably become a hermit today because I'm not going to be a good person to be around. It's right. definitely therapeutic. So I don't have to find the motivation to do it. It's a necessity for me. This is just a different type of intensity. Now my asthma that I haven't had for several years now has come back mm. because I'm pushing it. Um, so I, I do enjoy that challenge. But the main priority for me uh, whilst I'm getting ready for this is just staying an injury free because mentally I've already crossed the line. I'm absolutely fine. I just need this carcass of mine to keep up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, do you find that the total time expenditure in your training is dramatically up from what it was when you were just focused more on, on lifting and that, and that? No, during the week, it's pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. It's very similar. Um, the only difference during the week is that I tap both of my cardio sessions together. Mm-hmm. The majority of the time, because the way I think about it, um, you know, I'm doing an Ironman and it's not as if you take a day off in between. Mm-hmm. It has to be back to back. So even though the viewer does have the option to say do bike in the morning and run in the evening, majority of the time I'll just get up very early, do my weight training, do my bike, do my run mm-hmm. all in one session. Okay. Um, so that's the only difference. And on the weekend, that's when the high volume comes in. So uh, like last weekend, I went out for like a 50-mile bike ride. Mm-hmm. I'm up to 50 miles now. So that took me like three hours, 14 minutes. Um, and then I'd follow that up with a 30-minute run, so mm-hmm. like three miles. Uh, so the weekends is where it's changing because you have to become comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as the intensity will help with the fitness, it's like, okay, how much fuel is my body going to use so I can calculate exactly how many calories I'll need on race day so I don't start bonking, what, mm-hmm. you know, as, as they call it. And uh, the same goes for, you know, being on a saddle or getting chafed. You know, when I'm running, I have to get used to, you know, that uncomfortability. Mm. Well, when you speak of that, how do you know, because you also talk about saying injury-free, and you're doing some new things. And how do you know? And is it just because you know your body so well? What's uncomfortable versus what's potentially leading to an injury on some of these 
yeah. newer things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a cyclist and I do long distance cycling. And we should so, go. Uh, yeah, I would love to. I'm well, up for actually, that. you've been to. Well, I used to. Um, there's a few subclasses or spin classes I've subbed. I've seen you in there um, a few months ago at Axiom. So I'd love to be out there okay. on the with you. Um, but there's some things like you get, you know, uh, upper back gets a little sore, lower back gets a little sore, butt gets sore, yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's just, it's uncomfortable. You ride for a little bit and it goes away. Um, versus you could have, um, you know, a naggy knee injury and you keep doing that and you could have some serious arthritis in your knee or something that's more severe when you compound that by doing 50 miles week after week after week. How do you know? And I get that all the time. When is it an injury? When is it just uncomfortable? I guess if th- this is how I uh, play it, because sometimes after I've done my run, you know, like I'm over 220 pounds or around 220 pounds, um, you know, my knees hurt, mm-hmm. you know, especially if I'm running on the cement. Uh, they hurt, but the thing is, the pain will generally go away after, you know, an hour or so. So I think, okay, it's just normal ache and pain. Mm-hmm. It's not there 24, two days, three days later. Right. So that's how I kind of distinguish okay. it. I've had a real problem, like I'm taped up here with some rock tape, but a very bad uh, problem with my groin injury uh, that I had in November of last year in CrossFit, going very, very light. And I just squatted down way too fast at a very wide stance, and I pulled something in my groin. And it didn't really bother me at all. I was able to continue to train, no problem. Mm-hmm. But since I've been uh, doing this, uh, like as of five weeks ago, it's reoccurred, and I've, I don't have the opportunity to give it a rest. Mm-hmm. So I went really hard with uh, aggressive with my rehab this week because it was low volume. But that's an injury yeah. that I know is tough because I was in Toronto last weekend, and I did my cardio indoors the entire time last weekend, even though it was like three hours on a bike. I did three hours indoors on a bike because I had a very busy filming schedule there and I couldn't really go biking around the middle of Toronto. And uh, on the flight back, I was just in pain the entire flight back. Mm. So that's when I realized I really have to get extremely aggressive with this recovery because the only thing that's going to help, I think, is low volume and some rest and be uh, a little bit more mindful with the speed I'm running at, you know, no drills or anything like that. Just keep my fitness. So uh, one of the things that I'm going to start doing now is um, aqua running. Mm -hmm. So I'll get like one of those aqua belts, a flotation belt. And even though that's going to be boring, it'll at least allow me to keep that action, get that neuromuscular function and keep that run fitness up. You know, I've read some studies and a lot of runners who have had problems, they do acra Hmm. uh, running and uh, they don't really lose that much run fitness. So that's something that I'm probably going to have to Hmm. begin including. Yeah, the the, the running is, is a bit of a sticking point for a lot of people, I feel like. Like there are plenty of people who lift and ride a bike lift and do some swimming but it seems like runners and lifters can sometimes be these opposing camps these days what's uh what's your running history like none i don't have any history in any of these things <laughs> uh, none whatsoever uh, i'm learning to do all three it's funny because um there's a, there's a gentleman in town here who wrote a book called the heart of running and uh that book was fascinating where, you know, we're all assumed we know how to walk. We're all assumed that we know how to run, mm-hmm. but nobody's taught us how to do it correctly. And we're all doing it wrong. <clears throat> and that's a reason why a lot of people get injured. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't 
really, you know, like when people think about triathlons, everyone says, oh, the swim, uh, the swim's going to be the struggle for me. I don't think about that, even though it'll be a struggle. It's I'm not going to get injured swimming, touch wood. Mm. <laughs> I'm probably not going to get injured on the bike unless somebody hits me. Right. It's going to be the run. And that's because a lot of the time we don't know how to run mm. correctly. So I'm being very mindful of, you know, I don't go out with headphones because I don't want to be distracted on how I'm running, making sure that I have a very fast cadence of about 188, 190. Mm-hmm. So it's almost comical mm-hmm. with my short legs. Okay, that's pretty. That's a pretty fast cadence, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, just to take away as much stress from here, I'm just trying to think of like being a wheel mm-hmm. at the moment, keeping my upper body as still as possible and making sure that I get that four-foot strike. So when I'm doing any treadmill work now, I've got a curved treadmill in my garage there, so uh, I'm that's forcing me to four-foot strike as well. So if I do any work in there, generally I'll have like weights vest on. Mm-hmm. I put my ankle weights on my wrists and, you know, use that as a higher intensity mm-hmm. and fast cadence to get my heart rate up quick so I don't have to go out for hours on end. Mm-hmm. And because I think it's that repetitive strain that will get me personally for hours as opposed to short intervals. Mm. What's the, what's the uh, location? What's the, what's the race here? That you're preparing for I'm doing it's, it's in Coeur d'Alene. I'm doing okay. a half Ironman with my girlfriend. She is uh, doing this process with mm-hmm. me. She's going to do the half Ironman with me in, I think it's June 25th, 26th. And then I will continue and go on for the full Ironman, which is in August in Coeur d'Alene as well. Oh, okay. Okay. So is it a hilly sort of course up yeah. there? Yeah. So if you look at which are the hardest ones in the US, mm-hmm. they have like the red area, they have the green area, and they have the yellow. So Coeur d'Alene's in the red. Mm. Nice. Yeah. It's starting off easy. Yeah. And uh, that's some cold water generally up there. Too, in uh, June, it probably will be. Uh, mm-hmm. But come August, it's supposed to be an extremely hot Ironman. Uh, and that's obviously a concern for me because my core temperature is much higher than the average person. So for me to try and stay hydrated mm-hmm. and not cramp is going to be difficult. And it's a hilly course. So I'm, I'm okay when I'm running on a flat. Second that I hit a hill, right. it really ties me out because I'm pushing, yeah, yeah. I'm pushing more weight and mm-hmm. more oxygen requirements. Mm. So how has your nutrition changed during workouts? Because for resistance training or hypertrophy training, it's weight training, I should just say. It's pretty easy. If you want to eat something, if you want to drink something, it's pretty pretty easy to do. Swimming, not so much. Like You could drink something at the end of the wall. Cycling, pretty easy to do. Running, I can't do anything. My stomach turns upside down. Like, it's just, you have to be so smart about that. And I don't think people give it much consideration. Um, I'm interested to hear. I'm thinking about it right now for those dates, Uh exactly what I'm going to eat. Because, you know, the last thing I want to do is run out of fuel. Mm -hmm. So what I'll use is like an attitude test. And uh, Kenny taught me about this and it's worked well. So your attitude will change probably about 20 minutes before you'll get any physical depletion. So your brain depletion of glycogen. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if I'm out riding a bike and someone gets close to me and I'm getting pissed off and I throw him the finger, I'm wondering, is it that person or am I just getting a bit low on glycogen now? And chances are it's me. So I'll pull over then and I'll make sure that I eat and fuel up. And, you know, within 20, 30 minutes, I'm good again. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel a lot better. Uh, So I use that as a, you know, a a kind of uh, my soundboard, so to speak. I'm definitely... 
I'm learning the hard way. Like I said, I, like I rode out to Rembrandt's, had a big feed there. And then like 45 minutes later, after I thought that I had a big feed, I'm hungry again. Mm -hmm. So my calories aren't that much different and my ratio isn't that much different from when I filmed the muscle building trainer. I'm pretty much using that calculator. However, a lot of the nutrition will be focused around a workout such as like on the weekends. Um, I'm particular on the type of foods and uh, nutrition that I'm taking in at particular times. So if I'm running, I don't want a lot of fluid sloshing around in my stomach. It becomes uncomfortable and I get a stitch. So I make sure that my, my nutrition is a thicker consistency. I may even eat if it doesn't require much chewing because if I'm trying to breathe at the same time, I'm trying, you know, I'm lacking in oxygen now. But generally, when I'm on the bike, I will eat more solid food, uh, you know, and, um, you know, I, I kind of choose and chop in between like that. So, uh, uh, sorry, on the bike, I'll have more fluid, mm -hmm. fluid nutrition. So I'll, I'll mix a, th a thick shake with oats blended with a couple of bananas mm. blended. I'll have a protein, a uh, couple of scoops of recaged in there blended, and I'll fill that up. And that's pretty thick. And I'll just sip on that. What I found, especially with hydration, instead of, you know, like at these aid stations I'll have on the Ironman, people gulp down. Right. Well, I found since I've been running, especially on a hot day, if I take it like a couple of little bottles with me and just sip every eight to 10 minutes, just a little sip, I stay a lot more hydrated, I perform better, and I don't feel like I've got anything sloshing around in my stomach. So I'm gonna start practicing and training to take sips every six to eight minutes now, I think. Okay, that's, that's a rock solid in-race strategy. Now, what about like, in, in your life though, you've been a very structured eating guy for a long time. I've heard you say on articles on our site, you know, I haven't missed a meal in years. Um, is, it, is it hard for you to, deal with a craving, a huge craving all of a sudden when you've been so structured about your eating? Is that, is that new to you? Um, well, I, I, I'm not really as strict on this diet now. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm putting honey on everything. I've put in like loads of almond butter. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm not that strict now. I had a couple of bunny eggs yesterday. It was Easter. <laughs> those taste. <laughs> not to. It was pretty darn good. Yeah. Post ride, yeah, really good. Um, so I'm not as strict as I once, you know. Normally in my programs, I'm very strict. It doesn't mean I'm that strict year round. I always make sure that I get my meals in. But now, you know, I love fruit. Mm -hmm. You know, in video series like the Eight Week Trainer, there's no fruit in there. There's no sugar. Right. Not much fat either in that one. Almond, no. almond butter is not something I associate with no, you. Never. And you'll, you know, that goes back to a lot of, uh, you know, the top bodybuilders that I learned from, whether it be, you know, Dorian Yates, Jay Cutler. You know, Ronnie Coleman or just any top bodybuilder, you don't have fats in your diet. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's definitely more of a new school way of thinking. It's a justification to get the hormonal production and feel good about yourself. Uh, but I don't like to diet over a long duration. I like to get it over and done with. I don't like dieting. So if I pull my fats out, I find I can get in shape a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't have the repercussions of a slow metabolism or, you know, low testosterone levels or, you know, my hormones going way off track because I diet over a very short period. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think, oh, well, you should have fats. Your strength will go down. And, yeah, if you do that probably for, like, you know, five or six months, possibly. but. Right. Not over short duration, but now I'm getting plenty of fats in. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I had a pancake this morning with lots of seeds and nuts and fruits and yolks. Mm. It's great. Nice. So how has this uh, changed the way that you feel otherwise? Sleep, energy level, stuff like that? I've, 
mentally I'm knackered. Mm-hmm. Mentally I'm shattered. It's funny because um, with weight training, we come out of the gym normally physically exhausted. So I will go out on like a run or a bike and think, well, this ain't bad. This is easy. I want to go on a sentry ride. I want to do one of those just to say I've done it. And then I'll get back after like 35 miles. I feel like sleeping for hours. Mm-hmm. It just creeps up on you. It's a completely different exhaustion. So I have to think about that now. So I can't be as productive mentally during the day if like on a weekend, if I go and do one of those things, because mm-hmm. it just creeps up on me. So it's definitely a physical exhaustion where I don't get that from bodybuilding at all. Hmm. Is it, do you feel like your body has changed at all? No, at but this it, point, you're only a month in, though. Right? No, it, it, it not yet mm-hmm. um, in regards to fat loss, but muscle gain. Mm-hmm. I felt that when I was sinking in the water today, <laughs> swimming. <laughs> yeah, I'll justify it as uh, muscle gain. That's how it is. Uh, but I think I, I honestly think that I'm putting on a bit of muscle now. I did take my weight training a little bit easy after the Olympia last year. I injured my shoulder training with Branch of all mm-hmm. people, and. Um, I thought it was something that I could fix because I've separated both my C joints. I've torn my uh, um, infraspinatus before. I thought this will be just another injury that mm-hmm. I could fix. wasn't able to fix this one. So I had to get a cortisol injection in it. I've never had one of them before, but it helped. Mm-hmm. So then I had that about two weeks before starting this Ironman training. So now I feel that I'm starting to go full bore. Mm-hmm. Like today was a real good intense workout. Mm-hmm. So I can feel my muscle memory coming back now. I'm definitely putting on more muscle. But I'll, I'll say I'll, I'm going to purposely hold as much weight as possible during this process. And then probably about four weeks before the Ironman, then I will drop some weight. I'll drop fat then. I'll just uh, you know, pull my calories back slightly. I'm guessing my volume's probably going to go up by then. Mm-hmm. So by default, I'll get lean. And I'm hoping by dropping that six or eight pounds, in the last few weeks will make it so much easier on me when I actually go into the race. Mm-hmm. So I want to have that little bit of leverage towards the end to play with. I don't want to lose that fat, right. lose that weight now because then I've got nowhere to go. I've got no more tricks up my sleeve. Mm-hmm. Whereas that five to, you know, six to eight pounds could make a big difference. Sure. No, you got to build your engine now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's why I'm you know, putting my waist vests on and, uh, you know, because like if I put like 70 pounds on waist vest and I'll put 10 pounds on my arms and I'll go for a run, you know, for maybe eight miles mm-hmm. or no, six miles, uh, then I take that off for the last two miles. It feels like I'm a normal person now right. running. I feel oh, like a teenager. Okay. Yeah, the drop set, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's my drop set. Uh, so besides uh, muscle mass, are you tracking any other things? Like um, anything like VO2 max? Yeah, yeah, so I had all that done in the first week okay. in the lab, and then I'll check that again at the halfway point, probably uh, at just before the the half Ironman, and I'll check it at the end. I'm putting everything through my Garmin as well, so obviously checking my stroke weight, my, uh, my pace, my cadence, and uh, you know, I'm using obviously on Strava now. I'm on Strat and I just came across that thing about four weeks ago. Uh, so that's good because I'm following some other people that I know as well, such as Pritchard. And I think, yeah, I did well. I did 1,800 meter swim today. And then I look at Pritchard, 4,300 lunchtime swim. Mm. Uh, so then it's good because surrounding myself with that and, you know, reading the magazines and uh, submerging myself in that 
it becomes more normal to me. Because like I said, I thought those distances were only reserved for an automobile before. So the more that I read about it and be surrounded by it and hear it, the more normal I think it becomes. So I can wrap my head around it because I, I was still struggling you know, for the last uh, couple of weeks even just to think, that's a long time. Mm -hmm. It's a long way. You know, when I finish you know, five, six mile run, I think, God, that was, that was tough. I've got to do that time five, you know. After. Yeah, swim, after. And 112 mile bike ride. Yeah. No, bring it back to the weights workouts for a second. So that there is, there's a video series that's going to be on bodybuilding.com. The program itself will be also published on bodybuilding.com. Somebody could do the whole thing. They could do the whole enchilada right alongside you. They could also, in theory, just do these workouts because they enjoy your workouts. Yeah. How different are these workouts than what somebody would expect from you in the past? Uh, it's very different because, like, I'm using my weight training to improve my efficiency for the swim, for the bike, for the run. So, like, today I went and totally annihilated my delts and my triceps before swimming. So, and then I'd use the paddles when I'm swimming. So that's, you know, it's really tough then on my delts and my triceps. Um, so I am using a muscle building process, but the exercises may be a little bit different because they are created specifically for the discipline that's about to follow that I want to use as my pre-exhaust. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, it's a pre-exhaust. And I've noticed that in the videos too. It seems like a really unique way to approach this style of training, use weight training as a pre-exhaust for the sport. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I don't have time to go and do two-hour run. I don't have time to do two hours bike ride during the week. It mm -hmm. just can't be done. So the thought process is to improve the efficiency with uh, with the you know the, the pre-workout mm -hmm. to the swim being my weights and uh, using that as a pre-fatigue set. And then mm -hmm. when I get into the run or the swim, whatever, I use a lot of intensity and drills uh, to further improve that efficiency. Hmm. I, I think that's interesting also because the thing that kills runners and triathletes is just the sheer volume of their training. It kills their lifestyles, but also injuries, everything. It's just, it gets so big. This is a way of dialing it back. It's very interesting. Have you seen, found some precedent for that where people have said, all right, yeah, use the, the weights to pre-exhaust this and bring your total training volume down? No, never, not, not really. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, in theory it should work mm -hmm. and I'm definitely you'll feeling find out. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, you know, my triceps are absolutely killing me when I was uh, mm -hmm. doing my freestyle in the pool this morning. So, I, you know, I, I have to be better when I go in fresh. Mm -hmm. There's just no way around it. You know, I'll, tomorrow I've got legs. And, you know, I, it's going to be a very high volume uh, leg session. And then I'm going to go and uh, run straight after that mm. and bike. God. Uh, so then I know that's going to be tough. But uh -huh. it's only going to make it so much easier on the day when I have to finish this thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's got to make for some good watching too, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but the workouts on this one are only, it's like four days a week weight training as mm -hmm. opposed to my usual five. Um, but they're intense and they're hard. And, you know, if somebody wants to just follow, like I said, the bodybuilding workouts, they can do that. They don't have to do the triathlon or Ironman uh, mm -hmm. part of it. However, it's there for the take, and should they want, I encourage people to do so. So, But they could also just watch and do neither of the programs. I was what, like, that's yeah. what I will do. What, what, do you, what do you want somebody to take away from this experience as they watch it? I want people to, um, you know, take the ceilings off. A lot of people have low ceilings and, you know, they look at things as impossibilities as opposed to opportunities. And uh, maybe they don't want to do a triathlon, but like say, say they want to do the Boston Marathon. Well, there's a possibility. You're a bodybuilder. You can do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to kind of show you how to do it. You know, it's going to be a lot 
of uh, strategic moves in regards to your nutrition and your supplementation, specifically the timing. And when I've looked at um, you know, a lot of triathletes' programs, their supplementation and their timing is atrocious. It's terrible. Like not once will you actually even see something about the supplements or fluid intake that you should have when you're swimming. You know, we sweat a lot when we swim. Mm -hmm. We lose a lot. Uh, but you never read anything about that. So uh, that's something that I'm definitely put into my arsenal because I feel so much better for it. And, you know, immediately after my weights workout, I'm chugging my protein before mm -hmm. I get into my cardio session because I don't want any muscle wastage, making sure that I got my BCAAs, my glutamine in. And a lot of people neglect that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think, you know, just through that perp being purposely uh, focusing on your supplementation, then with the intensity of your cardio sessions as if it's a weight training workout, but obviously you're going to be tapping into a different type of muscle fiber and energy system, mm -hmm. you can recover from both. Hmm. Okay, so first video is going to come out on the 28th on bodybuilding.com, promo on the 24th, first video on the 20th. They're going to come out weekly for... Months, six moving months, mm -hmm. six, for months six months, six afterwards. month video training. Yeah, you mm -hmm. guys are gonna be sick of me. Yeah. <laughs> Never. How uh, how else can they follow you throughout this? I guess they could friend you on Strava or Strava or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? Strava or you know follow me on my socials on Instagram <laughs> or whatnot. I'm there. I'm a social whore. You can find me anywhere. <laughs> And you can find him right here, too. So thanks for coming and talking to us about this. It should be a fascinating little adventure. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's yeah. all mine. We'll have you back in at some point. we we got, we got to see how this wraps up. At yeah, least yeah. after the first half. Yeah, I, yeah. I, after after the, the half, I think that'd be a good point. Yeah, check then, I'll, then I'll tell you if I'm definitely going for the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wheel you in here on a journey at that point. Yeah. yeah, maybe give me a couple of weeks. <laughs> all right, Chris Gethin, thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. If you like free stuff, you're going to like Tim's Rewards by Tim Hortons. You can earn free food or drinks after every seven purchases. Cool. How do I win? Um, it's not a contest. You just use your Tim's Rewards card, and after seven purchases, you score a free coffee, tea, or baked good. Whoa, so I've got a pretty good chance of winning. Well, actually, you've got a 100% chance of winning. Those are great odds. <laughs> they sure are. Free coffee and more with Tim's Rewards. It's Tim Hortons' way of saying thanks. Valid only at participating restaurants. Please visit restaurant or timhortons.com slash rewards for full program details.